Hello and welcome to the 37th episode of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief of iPhone Life magazine. I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor of iPhoneLife.com. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher of iPhone Life magazine. So each week we bring to you the best apps, great gear, and current events in the iOS world. This week we'll be discussing gear for the outdoors and how you can make your next camping excursion or hike awesome with the help of iOS apps and gear. But first, we want to talk to you about our tip of the day newsletter. So this week's tip is how to undock the iPad keyboard and move it around your screen. So if you are typing on your iPad, an icon will appear in the lower right corner of the keyboard that if you press and hold, and it looks like a little keyboard, if you press and hold, you'll see the option to undock. Once you've done that, it's a little tricky, by the way. Donna's doing it as we're sitting mm-hmm. here. And if you take your finger off the keyboard, it goes away. So you kind of have to hold your finger on the button and then slide up to the undock. Right. And once you've done that, your iPad keyboard will come into the center of the screen. And if you press and hold that icon again and swipe down, you can move it around the screen. So this is one, it can be a little mm-hmm. bit frustrating. I'm like having some issues with it right now. It takes some practice. It can- takes, yeah. Do you, can I ask you, do you ever do this? Because this is one of those tips that when, whenever I read about it, I, I forget about it. And I'm like, oh, cool, I can do that. Yet I never undock it. I, can't, I can never think of a good reason to undock it. Can you guys? Um, basically, this was happening when I first got my iPad. I thought there was something wrong with it because the keyboard kept on being <laughs> in the center of the screen. So this was handy for me to discover because it let me put it back at the bottom it's, of the screen where I wanted it. It's good to know what's going on if you ever find also, your iPad. Yes. If your keyboard won't stay put, here's how to deal with yeah, that. Yeah, that that's, real real yeah, that's the real that's, tip. That was for me what the real tip I'm was. I'm sure there's a useful reason to do it because Apple mm-hmm. usually doesn't do totally useless things, but I haven't found a good use case for this. The other thing you can do, by the way, from that same button is you can split the iPad screen into two pieces. They go like it splits the, not the Mm -hmm. screen, that would be bad, (laughs) the keyboard. (laughs) Uh, And so this is for people who like to type with their thumbs, I think, so that you can hold onto the iPad and type with your thumbs in the uh, letters are close to the sides of the screen as opposed to being a large keyboard in the center where you would type like you would a normal QWERTY keyboard. Yeah, I basically see this feature as something you'll probably set early on when you're using your iPad and keep it that way. Like there's, it's probably not something you're switching up a whole lot, but you probably find a way that you like to type and do that. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to sign up for our tip of the day newsletter. I'd really like to hear from any readers who actually do this with their keyboard. You can email us at podcast at iphonelife.com. And if you're using it, tell us how you're using it and why. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like there are useful reasons to do this that I'm not thinking about. Yeah, so clue us in. Next up, we want to talk to you about our Insider subscription. iPhone Life Insider is our premium subscription where you'll get not only our daily tips, which we just told you about, but one minute videos that go along with them so you can watch along and really any confusion you might have will be cleared up that way. We also have in-depth video tutorials. I have just put together a Siri guide. Uh, That's our latest one, iOS 10 will have coming up too. So you can have a complete walkthrough of a feature and learn everything there is to know about it. Our in-depth guides, Donna puts them together, so I'm going to brag for her. They're just getting so great. We're breaking them up now into small bite-sized videos so you can kind of pick and choose what you know and don't know. And I've been watching the Siri guide, which is about to come out, and I'm learning so much. Uh, And coming out this fall is going to be our comprehensive iOS 10 guide. So you Mm -hmm. definitely don't want to miss that because we're going to teach you everything you need to know right when iOS 10 comes out so that you're not confused like I always am. (laughs) Yeah. And also just so you know what all the new features are. Yeah. Because sometimes they're kind of hidden and not not obvious from the start. So along with that, with your insider subscription, you'll also get a digital subscription to the magazine and complete access to our archives. And also you'll be able to ask any questions you might have and get answers from our senior web editor, Sarah. So if you want to sign up for Insider, go to iphonelife.com slash insider. And uh, we're going to have Sarah tell us what one of our insiders asked this week that she helped them with. Well, I kind of actually almost want to say don't do this, but (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of people who want to know the answer to this question, so I'm just going to do it. 
So uh, someone wrote in and said, I've noticed there are some apps only available through the U.S. App Store. Can I somehow open an account for the United States App Store? I don't really want to give my credit card. I would just like to get some of the free apps. And it is possible, actually. Um, what you need to do is you need to create a second, second iTunes account um, using iTunes on your computer. And so you would first log out of your main account and then you would specify the US as your location. I think you have to like scroll way down to the bottom and uh, and then find, you know, you choose US as your store that location. That was such a US centric thing to say. Like, mm -hmm. why don't they just put US on top? We're more important. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then uh, what you'll need to do is go to back to the app, go to the app store section of iTunes on your computer and attempt to buy a free app. And then you will see an option to create an Apple ID. And because you've chosen the US as your location, this will be a US-based Apple ID. And then the reason you're trying to buy an app while you do this is because then there'll be a time that comes up to choose your payment type and you're gonna choose none. And that way you won't have to enter a US-based payment method. Although in the future you can buy US-based uh, iTunes gift cards. Um, Seems a little sketchy to me buying them from resellers. Oh yeah, no but uh, you can't. Don't think you can buy iTunes gift cards in your location and then use them in the U.S. App Store. They're location specific, so just mm. be aware of that. You really can only mm. use this for free apps unless you're willing to risk buying sketchy resold iTunes gift cards. Moving on, um, <laughs> you will also need to enter a valid U.S. mailing address um, if you have a if you have a friend or relative who'd let you use theirs, if you want to sign up for like some free shipping service that provides you with a free US address, you can do that. I'm going to let you figure out. I see, I'm really conflicted about it. I feel like it's all sketchy. Um, <laughs> and then, so once you've signed up with that address, um, you complete the account creation. And then you go to your iPhone and you sign out of your iTunes account and you sign in with your new US-based one. Go, <laughs> I know, see, David's shaking his head. Like, We're yeah. getting a headache. Oh. <laughs> and then... Yeah, don't do this, people. <laughs> and then um, you can down find the free apps in the U.S. store, download to, download them, and then you can sign back into your usual iTunes account. I just think this will make your life so complicated, and I think updating apps will become complicated. I think updating your iPhone will become complicated. Um, I think you know most popular successful apps do end up becoming available everywhere you probably won't be able to use pokemon go which i suspect is the reason this person wants to do it because you know the reason it's like they're rolling out in different countries is because they have to like do the mapping and all these things so you know but right. it's your phone it's your life that's how you do it yeah let me Don't. just take one minute though to go on a tangent because <laughs> <laughs> because i feel very strongly about this um Apple ID is the area that I see people get the most confused about. Right. Uh, whenever, first of all, just working at iPhone Life, whenever I tell somebody I work at iPhone Life, the first thing they do is they pull out their phone and say, oh, can you help me? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Which is, just a quick plug, we are having an Apple ID collection come out oh, for our insiders where we'll help you with yeah. all of your Apple ID issues. Yes, yeah. there you go. Um, so where people get confused is with an Apple ID, you create an Apple ID, your username is, is an email address. People get confused though because A, sometimes they'll forget what email address they put in or sometimes they'll change an email address and want to think they should go change their Apple ID. Your Apple ID is a unique login that is an email address and a password that you use to access your Apple services. Now, if you have more than one Apple ID, you end up really fragmenting your Apple services, mm -hmm. right. which is why I'm sitting here shaking my head thinking it's not worth it. So what happens is, let's say you download an app on one Apple ID, and then you log out and you go to your other Apple ID. Well, you can't access that app now. Uh, and mm -hmm. you can't, especially if you paid for an app in one Apple ID, you can't access it in the other. Uh, if you're backing up to iCloud, you're only going to be backing up. You're only going to be able to restore right. from one Apple ID later. Um, it's just a mess. So yes, my dad, yeah. just from personal experience, my dad has two Apple IDs. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I don't even know how to explain that. Uh, he just set up two Apple IDs. People, it just happens to people. Um, they don't read, they like, they'll forget their password his, and then they'll just set up a new one. His favorite app, which as far as I can tell is the only reason he even has his <laughs> iPhone. Then like he couldn't remember which ID he had it under and he was trying to update it and it, wasn't working it was causing so many problems it's really not a good idea to have two apple ids mm -hmm. however tempting it is to 
uh, get free apps from the U.S. App Store if you're outside the U.S. And if you choose to do it, be aware that you are creating a hassle for yourself that probably actually isn't worth it. Yeah. So yeah. that those are that's my words of advice. It is a good it is a good topic to talk about though because being based in the U.S., we often talk about all these Apple services, and some of them mm-hmm. are a little bit different. If you're not in the U.S., some of them don't exist if you're not in the U.S. So it is good to keep in mind that, you know, these things can vary from country to country. And so that's it's just the way of life. But it's I, I agree. It's not worth it. It's not right. worth it. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I went through this when I got my iPad and I wanted to use it for work. I was trying to figure out whether I should set up uh, an, a work Apple ID versus a personal one but i ended up just setting it up with my my one apple id and then just not using services that i didn't want to be like accessible to everyone at work like my text messages and stuff like that because you can you can still set up your device like pretty you can tailor it to how you want to use it using the same apple id i mean that's not going to help with this this issue of apps in different countries but really relates just to using multiple apple ids and i'm glad i set it up this way Mm mm-hmm All right, so iphonelife.com slash insider. That's where you can sign up for iPhone Life Insider and ask all of your questions to Sarah that you may have. And now let's move on to our news section. What's been going on in the news this week? Um, First, we want to talk about iPhone 7 rumors, the latest that we've been hearing because the announcement is coming up. It's coming up. I'm getting excited. And we're getting some cool rumors, too. Okay, tell us about it. Well, first of all, you know, the... We continue to hear that um, it may ship without the headphone jack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and the, what I've been hearing this week too is that um, that it will ship with a lightning to uh, headphone jack dongle instead of mm-hmm. instead of heading with um, shipping with the usual ear pods. Which was interesting. So that would mean, oh. yeah. So like all these headphone companies and everything wouldn't necessarily be needing to redesign. I mean, people could buy a dongle anyway. But if it shipped with it, it would make it a lot more convenient for people gotcha. instead of having to buy yeah. an extra accessory. Now, a possibly related thing is I've heard that they may ship at least the Plus, but maybe both phones without a mute switch. And it seems like if they're eliminating ports, maybe that lends more strength to the waterproof or water-resistant iPhone, Mm. which is what really excites me. Yeah. I love my mute switch. I'll be so sad. It's so funny. I know. The iPad doesn't... My iPad doesn't have that. Oh, yeah. So they've already gone that direction. Yeah. Is it... Do you miss it? With the control center is where you mute things. Uh, You can also ask Siri, right? Can you ask Siri to mute your ringer? Um, Yeah, probably. I haven't haven't used that. Um, So, but, but just to clarify... It, it's coming with a dongle. It will it not come with a pair of ear pods anymore, or will it come? Is ear pods? That's the right what word? the that yeah. That's what the latest like, rumor is saying. Or it, so it's not gonna. It won't come with a pair of ear pods that plugs into the, the lightning, lightning cable. Will it come with some Bluetooth ear pods? It's saying it'll it'll come with the regular ear pods and with that with that adapter. Mm, I uh, I will put a lot of money down saying Apple <laughs> doesn't do that. That is the dumbest thing if they do that. I feel like yeah. that may I I feel like that's. Apple's there was like a supply chain rumors this week that said that, but you know. Okay, hmm. we will see. Yeah. All right. So that's one interesting rumor. Um, another and- related thing is that uh, Corning has announced a much stronger version of Gorilla Glass and mm. said that it will be shipping in the latest versions of different devices. So that mm-hmm. would include the iPhone. Um, and this glass is supposed to draw survive drops up over five feet, like 5.2 feet, um, up to 80% of the time. So it's supposed to be five times stronger. And that would be great. I mean, you should see the phone. My 11-year-old is using until the announcement. I feel like that's still not very comforting. Those stats don't comfort me. Dropping a phone from five feet 20% of the time, the screen will break. I, I, feel, I feel like, like I dropped... already that way anyway. Yeah, well, it's supposed to get better. That's the point. I feel like yeah. I drop my phone from five feet like once a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of a good point because it also doesn't really address like what types of surfaces. Like if you drop it on carpet, 
versus yeah. you know like it's it probably concrete i'm assuming yeah, carpet's it, a little the, bit more forgiving corning's press release on this was not very detailed in terms of like how they like their lab tests exactly yeah. what the conditions were and all that I mean, but stronger is better but yeah i kind yeah. of agree that maybe we shouldn't get that excited the other thing yeah. i care about with glass screens is uh the scratch resistance because it's like yeah. I, I actually knock on wood have been pretty lucky i i drop my phone a lot and the glass seems to hold up and actually, I don't even have a glass screen protector on my phone anymore. I'm like there. living dangerously. Um, but it, the screen's getting scratched. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes I'll accidentally mm-hmm. put it in the same pocket as my keys or something like that. I put mine in with my nail file. Uh, oh, you guys God. can't see, but it's... Uh... Oh, it man. got filed by my nail file. <laughs> <laughs> so scratch resistance would be really nice. Yeah. Putting a plugged Apple. Yeah. Oh, one thing that, that kind of makes me think that we won't be seeing a waterproof iPhone 7 is that the um, the iOS 10 beta 3 um, has a warning that lets you know if there's water in the lightning port mm. to tell you to disconnect it, mm. which seems more like that, you know, they're going more the route of giving you a warning if you're, if you're, you I know, mean, risking water damage, but sort of quietly increasing the water resistance of the iPhone. But I, yeah, I'm not expecting it to be fully waterproof for sure. Why not? Like all the Android phones are now, right? It's such. Ugh. Mm. Anyway. So (laughs) another rumor we've been hearing is that September 16th will be the date when you can order the iPhone 7. Okay, so you can order it. Yeah, so okay. that kind of supports that the announcement will likely be, I think, September 8th or 9th. It's the Wednesday it's before. it's usually two weeks until you can get it. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, if it's available on the 16th, that would mean an earlier announcement than usual. Yeah, like before, because Labor Day is September 5th, which is Monday. And last year, the announcement was the Wednesday following that. Like, so a couple days after Labor Day. And iOS 10 usually comes out at the same time? Yes. So September 16th for iOS 10 would be our, our guess there, too. Yeah, which does seem like a quick turnaround in terms of the announcement and then being able to get the phone less than two weeks later. They're, so pretty, they're getting pretty good with their turnaround. And that's partly why we hear so many rumors now is Apple used to announce it way in advance so that people couldn't see all the supply chain in action when they announced it. But now they have a quick turnaround, which means they're already producing the phones. And if you have good connections in China, you can see pictures, which now we all do. <laughs> Right. What other rumors have you guys been hearing about the iPhone 7? I mean, we continue to hear the camera upgrade the, rumors. The two, the two cameras? Is that yeah, the deal? Yeah, so that you can do Zoom. Oh. How does yeah. that right work? I'm so confused what, how, what two cameras means. It's too bad Rayanne is not here to explain yeah. Rayanne Taylor, our, our camera photography expert. Mm-hmm. Right. But I guess you need the two cameras to do the optic Zoom. That's all I know. The totality it's a, no, well, of my <laughs> camera knowledge. No, hold on, though. I think it, you, it's... Oh, yeah, it's an optic zoom as opposed to a digital zoom. Is that correct? David, I know nothing about cameras. We've established that I am a terrible photographer. Yes, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, so my right now you can do a digital zoom, means uh, which is, is, I think, what an optic zoom is, which basically... In the old in the old SLR cameras, you would literally magnify the image, uh, it, which was what the zoom does. Now... The, digi- the iPhones digitally magnify the image, meaning you don't actually get more pixels. You're just making the, the image bigger. Um, so I think my, my understanding is what the two cameras on the back will do is it'll let you zoom in without uh, distorting the image or making a lower quality. That would be really nice. Right now, nice. I never zoom just because it's yeah, like, no, even it's, if you zoom a little bit, your image quality is so much worse. Yeah, well, yeah. actually, and as a tip, don't zoom because you can <laughs> always zoom after the fact the way Crop it works in, now yeah. because it's, uh, it's, like the, same it's thing. the exact same process. So it's not worth zooming now. Just take the picture and then you can crop it later. But hopefully right. in the future, this will change. Yeah. One thing I don't like about the camera upgrade idea, first of all, they're saying it will only be for the Plus, mm. which, I mean, That's I think the stupid. camera upgrade is a good idea because I don't feel like there's going to be too many reasons to upgrade to this phone based on the rumors we've heard. Mm-hmm. But and a, the Samsung Galaxy better, phone's cameras are getting really good, too. So yeah, they've but, always been better. Yeah, Apple needs to keep up. Right. But, you know, maybe a really good camera would be a reason people would consider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's a rumor that I'm excited about. Okay. Apparently, they're finally far later than they should have, getting rid of the 16 gigabyte base model. Oh, yeah. Thank God. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's just useless. Yeah, I have the 16 gigabyte one right now, which is really a problem. I basically have to delete 
apps off my phone every week and like go into my messages and delete images and stuff. It's just such a pain. I know. I yeah. I really should have spent the extra hundred dollars. Yes, you guys all know where I stand on this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a firm believer in the. I think I still think 64 is probably the way to go though. So it's going to be 32, 32. It's going to be 32, 64, Unless 120. You have a lot of like videos there's you don't really need yeah my point is i think even 32 is becoming not enough storage space i'm definitely over 32 gigabytes right now i think we have like 13 gigabytes of photos i'm gonna have to look oh but and i'm a terrible photographer <laughs> so imagine if i was good yeah. but you have cute kids so you take lots of pictures probably and cute dogs uh, yeah i was gonna confess that i take a lot of pictures of my dogs <laughs> What about the battery? We've been hearing the, the battery is going to be better too, right? Right. Uh, currently, uh, the iPhone 6S has um, a 1715 mAh battery, and they're saying it's going to be boosted up to 1960, which is an additional hour of, I don't know, talk time? I'm not sure, because an, an additional hour of yeah, battery really time depends really how depends how you're on using what it. you're doing yeah. with it. For sure. Um, but to give you perspective, the 6 Plus has like 200 and... 2600 I think a little over that so um, it's already like got a significant mm. like advantage over I mean it's a bigger phone so it needs more battery power mm-hmm. just to get the same number of hours but it still has better battery power significantly yeah better and we really need better battery power so we'll keep you guys updated. That, that's our iPhone 7 rumors for this episode. Uh, we also want to talk to you about the iOS 10 beta. Last, uh, last episode, we really got into what all iOS 10 includes. And now we've had a couple of weeks where we've been using the iOS 10 beta. And so, you know, we've experienced some of the glitches that we want to talk about. Also, Apple has released iOS 10 beta 2 to the public and iOS 10 beta 3 for developers. So there have been some developments to, to some of the features that we want to go over with you as well. So uh, first of all, if you already have the iOS 10 beta on your phone, which we uh, explained how to do last episode, if you, if you didn't hear that, you can go listen to that to learn how to sign up for the iOS 10 public beta and also learn reasons you may or may not want to do that. <laughs> um, but really, you'll, you'll just go into settings, general software update, and there you'll be able to update to beta 2 if you already are enrolled. So that's what I did last week. Sarah, are you on beta 2 yet? No, I haven't updated yet. Oh, okay. Um, I'm on iOS 9. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do the beta. I, I heeded you guys' warnings. <laughs> yeah, David's letting us take the risk. I did, I did it risks. very reluctantly. I think in the last podcast I said I wasn't going to, and then I realized <laughs> I had to write my tips article for the next issue of iPhone Life magazine, and when that is published, we'll be all using iOS 10, and so I had to yeah. be familiar with iOS 10 to write the tips. I was reluctant at first, but then there's definitely that lore of the new features. Yeah, I, I keep being tempted <laughs> to. I really want to try it. Overall, Resist. what's your <laughs> yeah. opinion of iOS 10 before we get into all the new stuff? Okay. Um, I I mean, I really am enjoying iOS 10 overall, but I've been having a lot of glitches yeah. more really? than last year. Yeah. Wow. Glitches aside, I'm really enjoying iOS 10 too, but I find the new way of dealing with notifications really annoying. How so? Because it's not the same. Well, like first of all, you, so what is yeah? What is the new way of dealing with notifications? Well, because um, you used to you'd swipe left, say on a text message, and then you could hit like reply. Mm-hmm. You're talking about from the lock screen, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Now you have to actually like use 3D Touch if you want more options, because otherwise swiping left just brings up the option to clear things. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it doesn't. If you swipe left, it doesn't take you in the app. Like it yeah, used there's to. an extra step because you have to like. You know, firm, it. Yeah, oh. firm press it and then like choose your option. And like the mm-hmm. alarms, I had a lot of trouble with. Like, oh, I, yeah, that was I, a I bug. Snoozing though. the yeah. alarms. It is, it is, it is a bug. But the thing is, it's because you used to be able to just swipe left on your alarm and it, it would just turn off. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's about as much as I can like be capable of first thing in the morning, right? <laughs> <laughs> but now you have to like, there's, you can press snooze and it's really big and obvious and right there and then way at the bottom there's this teeny little thing that says stop and it, uh, I know which is all you wanted to do is stop <laughs> in that moment <laughs> right and so I accidentally pressed snooze and then it snoozed for like days <laughs> like, and I couldn't like I kept like you know I figured it out and I was pressing stop it wasn't working I would clear oh, it it was God. that was that part was a this, like loud okay. alarm but, total Terrible. But the uh, sort of non-intuitiveness of it led me into that bug. Interesting. So they're really trying to force people into learning 3D touch and using it more. Apparently. Yeah. That's, I mean, so I use reminders a lot and with notifications. Um, 
Yeah, I really liked that before you just swiped left and you had the option to mark as completed and now you have to yeah. 3D touch in order to do that. One but. thing I am really enjoying is I feel like the quick actions, you know, when you 3D touch an app icon are so much more useful. Like before when you would 3D touch the, uh, for instance, the phone app, you mm-hmm. would just see like a couple of your favorites and like create new contact. Now you have, you can view your most recent voicemail, you can create a new contact, you can search contacts, you can view your most recent call, and then you get, you know, a number of your recent contacts or your favorites. Yeah, and that, that's what it seems like to me. It seems like there's a trade-off here. It's like mm-hmm. you can either have a really simple UI, which is easier to use but less powerful, or you can have a slightly more complex UI where you have to 3D touch and it gives you several options. Then you have more options, which is nice because you can do more from your lock screen, but then it's not quite as easy to use. So overall, you're falling, you're annoyed about it, but also liking it. it no, I like. do like it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the most of the things that annoyed me, besides the notifications, are just glitches. Like I was driving in Minneapolis during rush hour on the freeway, and Apple Maps suddenly had me get off. You know, I'm not oh, really God. familiar. It's been years since I drove in Minneapolis. So I'm not that familiar with it anymore. Had me suddenly get off. And so, of course, I did because I assumed Apple Maps knew where I was going. Had me, like, drive along some different streets and then get back on the freeway and continue. And I was like, I don't know why. I just did that. (laughs) Or I'd be like, the people I was staying with only had instant coffee. So, clearly, I left the house every morning to find coffee. And then, We're all coffee snobs at iPhone Life. <laughs> you know, I don't think you even have to I'm be a proud snob of it. To, re- to refuse to drink instant coffee. Like, I'd have to be desperate. But, you know. Spoken like a true coffee Yeah, snob. I know. <laughs> it's not even a snob. I just, you know, have good taste. <laughs> but anyway, and then I would be like, okay, I'm at this random coffee shop. Take me back to the place I'm staying. And it would be like calculating rote. And then it would say, um you have arrived at your destination. And I'm like, no, I'm still sitting here in my car. Oh. That was really annoying. Well, right. maybe just don't use Apple Maps. Use that Google was, Maps like a normal person. That was my conclusion. But Apple Maps has all these, you know, new features that seem exciting. I was trying like to what? test it. Okay. Well, I'm, I was really enjoying the, like Google Maps, when I tried to find nearby coffee shops, was like, there's this great one in Chicago. And I was like, that's great. That's six hours away. Yeah. So Apple Maps. But if Maps, it's really good coffee. <laughs> Even I'm not that much of a snob. I just went to Starbucks. But what, so what does Apple Maps do? Sorry, I interrupted it you. It just has lots of like, you can find the nearby coffee shops and you can sort of filter them by like nearby or highly rated. That is or, cool. That is cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it will recalculate. It'll add a new ETA and recalculate your route based on if you want to stop somewhere. Like one cool just, thing was that I could like choose a place to stop along the route I'm just really, should I say route? Should I say route? It's route. really confusing. Oh, I, I don't okay. I say route. Yeah, I say For route. For some reason, okay. it's just sounding wrong to me. Anyway, so you, I could be like, okay, I want to stop at this restaurant along the way, and it would sort of calculate my route, so it would have like a secondary route that I was following, and then return me to my, uh, you know, main route. So that was nice, because usually you'd be like, oh, I see a place I want to go off, and it would, Apple Maps would freak out and be like, Return to the route. Yeah. <laughs> to the what route. are you doing? We had a plan. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now, Apple, now Apple Maps can like handle that. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Prob- basically just catching up with Google Maps features that have been there for a while. But to me, it's worth it because I can use Siri to... Siri is a game changer. I really like being able to use Siri with Maps. Well, and if you have CarPlay too, first of all, there is no Google Maps on CarPlay. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. and also, you want to use Siri more on CarPlay. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna be using Apple Maps whether I want to or not. For me, the biggest glitches I've been experiencing is my Messages app has been freezing oh. a lot. Um, I've had to just, in general, my phone freezing, so I just have had to like force restart my phone. Um, the widgets sometimes are showing up as just empty. I like they're not loading. Yeah, um, they take a while to load. And my Bluetooth has been doing crazy things, which I'm trying to figure out if it's because of iOS 10 or not. It's been um, every time my phone connects to my Bluetooth in my car, it'll call myself, but it's not showing up on my phone is calling myself. It's, it's very weird, and that was not happening before. So um, those things have been strange. But I've been having even more problems with messages. Like when really? I text someone, I often like go back and refer to um, previous messages and conversations, and I've been finding like 
text messages just like randomly disappear. There's just like a blank space mm, and then they'll like come back annoying. later or I want to look at the attachment because I want to comment on it, but the attachment is gone. You guys um, really are not selling <laughs> iOS 10 beta well, to me. Well, you know, I think we were pretty clear in the last podcast that really you should think twice before you It's for you early it. adopters. It's yeah. for people who don't mind the hassle because they're enjoying yeah. something new. The only reason I did it was because I felt like I had to for work, <laughs> but I was really sad to do it actually. So what's new in iOS 10.2? Okay, so for the beta 2, there are a few new and uh, new things that are cool. Um, Maps now gives you the option to show your parked location. So Ooh, like very cool. Is if your car, yeah, when you park your car, it's, yeah, you, instead of dropping a pin, awesome, you can. Because I recently had to park in at Mall of America. And, oh, mm-hmm. God. Yeah, trying to Disaster. remember where you parked in like parking ramps that large was. It's really cool. Another thing is um, the messages in the settings um, for your messages. You can choose to. Uh, use low quality images because messages is one of those apps that takes up a lot of storage and you might not be realizing it. So this gives you an option because of images and uh, um, videos that you've been sending people. And so this gives you a nice option to avoid that. Um, Touch ID unlock gives you the option now of whether you want to have to press the home button to go to the home screen and get past your lock screen or just rest your finger. Mm-hmm. On, on Touch ID, and I, I like having the option because I actually prefer to press instead of just resting my finger on there. Um, Apple News is now removable, a removable oh. app. Um, a lot of, basically most of Apple's stock apps are now removable, but Apple News up until this point was not. Um, the Watch app now has a complications section that will let you choose complications from third-party apps. That's pretty cool. cool. Siri also now has a setting that, that's called app support. And right now it's just empty because most developers are probably still developing their apps to be compatible with Siri. But once there are apps there, you can choose which ones so that you can say things like, Siri, call me an Uber and I'm things so like that. I'm so excited about that one. Yeah, yeah that is going to be, be awesome. really awesome. Um, there are a lot of improvements to the Apple Music app, and there's expected to be a lot more uh, from what I hear. I'm not an Apple Music user, but from what I hear, Apple Music has a lot of issues. Um, and then the health app, uh, oh, this is something more of a complaint. The mindfulness section of the health app still now won't let you. It's like shows a video icon, but you can't press it. I kind of wanted to try out some of their guided meditations. Maybe that's maybe that is the meditation, Donna. <laughs> Just, like, just teaching your patience. Yeah, to just let go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those were the, the updates to beta 2 that I that were I thought the most notable. But Cool. Well, yeah. I'm interested in finding out about these music improvements. I, I'll have to update and see because I do use Apple Music. Um, we know, mm-hmm. Sarah. We know. <laughs> you know. You and Connor. Uh, yeah, and Connor and I share music and playlists all the time, and you're missing out on that awesomeness, David. You're missing out because it's so much easier to do that. If you're in Spotify, it would be way less of a hassle. <laughs> but somebody here has to use Apple Music so we can write about I it. Know, so I'm I know, I know. Okay, thank you so much for your sacrifice, Sarah. <laughs> All right, so moving on to our apps and gear <laughs> section, uh, we, we like to share with you apps and gear that we've been using. Uh, David, do you have any... Any apps and gear to recommend? Mm-hmm. I have two because I haven't been here in so long. Yeah, we've been missing David. I've been missing the podcast. Yeah. I've been really busy and have had have had a hard time coming in, but this week I'm like, I'm going to make it work. I miss <laughs> you guys. We're so glad that you did. Okay, one is only tangentially iPhone related. I'm going to tell you guys about this one first. So you guys know about my Amazon obsession, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I order everything from Amazon. so We're all there right with you. Yeah, <laughs> I now have Amazon Dash Buttons. Do you guys oh, know about this? Yeah. Todd uh, Bernard, one of our bloggers, got some when they first came out and decided that like paying five bucks in order to buy stuff was lame. It's like a little button no, that you okay, can press yeah, and no, it'll but, send you new like yeah. dish detergent. Things okay, like so that. yeah, here's what it is. It's it's exactly that. It's a little tiny button that has a sticky side on the back. So you stick it like right in the logical location. So for example, I keep my paper towels under my cupboard. And so now on on the cupboard, I have a button that I can push that then will automatically reorder the paper towels for me. That's pretty awesome. And I have like a Tide button on my washing machine and I just push it when I run out of Tide and it sends it to me. But what if you don't use Tide? I wish they were more programmable. They have, well, they have a lot more options now than they used to. So for example, like, 
I got Mrs. Myers for dish soap, which is like a natural option for dish soap. And mm-hmm. you have Greenworks now. Great dish soap. It is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How can you buy eco dish soap when you use paper towels, David? <laughs> you know what, Sarah? This we're talking tech here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I use normal towels too if it makes you feel any better. It does. Okay, good. Um, so it, so here's the thing with the four ninety nine. It costs four ninety nine, but Amazon gives you a a four ninety nine credit on your first order, which ah. I didn't know about. I just figured oh, cool. out, and so it's actually free. Mm-hmm. Apple, Amazon just wants to make sure that you're going to use it if they send it to you, because well, they probably it's not free from the manufacturer. And mm-hmm. I actually got on the Amazon Prime Day; they were selling it for ninety nine cents, and you got the four ninety nine credit. Ooh. So I actually made money on this whole little thing I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, but I'm really excited about it. It's just. It's kind of, I I studied uh, lean business in school, and it, it's like I have a just-in-time delivery system now. It's like whenever I run out of something, I just push a button, and it just shows up like two days later. This is, to me, a testament to Amazon's amazing conversion tactics, too, oh, yeah. like getting people to... Oh, yeah. Making it as easy as possible for people to buy things. Well, and it's also, there's a lot of just practical things. Like, I would imagine if you have kids, it would be really useful because they can order these things, you know, assuming they don't abuse the system and just go crazy on paper towels. So if you just press it (laughs) once, it orders it. Like, yeah, it doesn't respond to multiple presses. Like, there's a certain amount of time that has to pass. I have to be honest, (laughs) I haven't actually ordered anything from it yet. Uh, (laughs) I just set them up all over my house. We'll have Um, to check back and see how it's working. But I, I I have a house cleaner who comes, like, every two weeks. To clean, mm-hmm. to clean my house. And now, like, she can just push the button to order more, like, all-purpose cleaner or something. And so it's cool in that way, too, where, it's, like, before, she'd have to, like, write me a note and I'd have to go do it. And now, like, anybody could just do it. So cool. that, that's mine. The other one that I tried out, uh, I tried an app called Prism. Have you guys used Prism? No. Yeah. So Prism is this new app um, that is a photo editor. Uh, and basically what it does is it turns your photos into painting styles um and there's Mm. been a lot of apps out there that are similar to this one Mm -hmm. but this one uses ai to do it and and so it's like particularly good um so you take an app or sorry you open the app and you load a picture in and then it gives you all these different styles and there's like impressionist and mark chagall and like all these different kinds, Renaissance, and like all these different kinds, mosaic, there's all these different kinds. And so you like tap the button and it'll load it in as a new like kind of painting style. Uh, and it's fun. It's still not amazing. Like you kind of have to have the right photo, otherwise it doesn't look good. But it was a fun app for me to play around with. Uh, and you can, if, if you do it right, you can come up with some really cool photos. I've seen a lot of cool examples online. I haven't actually come up with any cool photos myself, <laughs> but... <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, what types of photos work well for it, but... Um, I think you have to have good lighting, because if you don't have good lighting, the AI, like, kind of renders it strangely. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it works better for, like, a photography-style photo. Like, something... I saw a friend of mine post a photo, and they were at a farmer's market, and they took this cool photo of, like, all the stands. Something like that, where it's, like... More artistic. More artistic, because it comes out looking, like, artistic and not necessarily, like, pictures of your friends aren't going to look great, so... Right. Cool. Nice. I didn't really come up with any apps and gear because oh, I was so saving I covered it for the for camping. You. Yeah, yeah. But I, I did allow my kids to put Snapchat on my phone because they're constantly getting me to take, you know, selfies with them using the different filters. And so now I can save some of those onto my phone and have pictures of me looking like a dog with my children, mm-hmm. which is really the whole point of having an iPhone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, I feel like finding those filters in Snapchat is not the most intuitive. Like, you well, wouldn't know they're there. I just let them use it. I've never even opened the app myself. Oh, so they just stick the, the phone in front of your face and suddenly there's a picture of you with bunny ears or something? Yeah. It's really addictive. <laughs> like, I, ne- I almost never actually send people Snapchats with me using the filters, mm-hmm. but I just sit there and just kind of put on different filters every day yeah. and entertain that's myself. How, yeah, no, that's how my daughter, my daughter babysits Donna's nephew, and that's how she mm-hmm. entertains him as far as I can tell. They just do Snapchat pictures <laughs> 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 together. <laughs> Teaching him young. <laughs> yeah, get him in young. Uh, we, and we already talked about the wonders of face swap, but that's... That's really entertaining. Oh if you have two people on, on Snapchat, you can do, it'll swap the faces. So even if you're not a Snapchatter, like you're not going to send Snapchats to your friends, it's still fun to mess around with. Yeah, it's really entertaining. Be careful though when doing these things with your children because they will share the pictures with their friends mm. and 
I'm not that into that part. Yeah. Which is why I put it on my phone because there I have some go. control. There you go. So let's move into our camping and outdoors section. Um, and Donna, you didn't give us an app. Yeah, David, you had so much oh, to talk about that you didn't really even did. leave any time oh, for us. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I just love Amazon so much. <laughs> yeah. I feel like not a day goes by that I don't watch you like one click some purchase. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> um, so into our outdoors section. We want to talk to you about ways that you can use your iPhone to make your next outdoor excursion awesome. And we'll start out with some of the apps you can use. Um, there's a National Parks app that lets you find uh, national parks near you. That's a good one to, to use. Sarah, I see you've, you've listed the Red Cross app. Yeah, first aid. I mean, uh, I'm a big Prepare fan. for the worst. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, emergencies can happen. And being yeah. able to, like, open up an app and find out, like, here's what you should do is really helpful and yeah so you just pack a good first aid kit um and then you're prepared if something happens yeah we we thought of this theme because uh recently the company took a camping a group camping trip and it's really that time of year where people like to get outdoors a lot um we also are planning a float trip this weekend where we're gonna go down the river and tubes and so you know you need like your waterproof gear for all of that and so we just wanted to give you some suggestions we've thought of um uh so that you when you're planning yours you can bring your iphone along and and make it make it more fun that way i have i have a good app i didn't i didn't write notes i just wing it (laughs) i wasn't finished talking about the first aid oh Oh, okay besides the fact that there's like they have for any common like injury they have like instructions on what to do Usually when you're camping, you're out of cell range, but if you like pop your injured person in the car and drive out of the park, there's a hospital finder based on your location. Oh. So you can find the closest oh. hospital and take them. So if things go really badly, this app will help you. So Very you should cool. put it on your phone. It's Assuming free. you have reception, probably. Well, you should do it before you go camping. When you uh, download all, all this stuff is there so in the app. You need tip. to have cellular yeah. service to find the hospital, but that happens when you put the person in the car and drive them out of the park. Gotcha. Um, so my app that this is an oldie but goodie. It's a classic Starwalk. Do you guys remember Starwalk? I've heard of this. Yeah, checking really out the stars. It's really cool. Yeah, it's perfect for camping. Um, and basically, it uses the compass and gyroscope of your of your phone to kind of know where you're pointing it, and it'll show you what all the constellations are that you're looking nice. at. So you go and you point it at the night sky, and as you move. Uh, your phone, it will move adjust to show you all the stars that you're looking at. And it also do, has a search function. So you can be like, where's Orion's belt? And it'll like be like, move your phone to the left, move your phone to the left until you find it. Nice. Um, so that's a really fun one for camping. I was going to recommend Skyview, but I think I like that one better. Oh. So the, uh, do you, I wonder if there's a difference. I mean, I wonder which one's better. I don't know. I just chose one that was highly rated in the app store. Okay. You've actually used that one. I have so used this I'm going to yeah. go with your recommendation. And you should definitely also try Live GIF for making, turning your uh, uh, live photos into GIFs of like ridiculous tubing adventures and people (laughs) (laughs) or playing Fluffy Bunny around the campfire. (laughs) What is Fluffy Bunny, Donna? Fluffy Bunny is when you, you, like each person, you do different rounds where you put a marshmallow in your mouth and say Fluffy Bunny and then you put another one in your mouth and try it. And basically you do it until you... That sounds like if no I had a fair amount of beer, that would be a really fun game. Yeah, yeah. F- followed by uh, using your first aid app because someone chokes up marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> See, get See, that app. It's a good it app. It all ties together. <laughs> um, I mean, first of all, let me just put a plug for, to some degree, just putting your phone away while camping. Right. Like, we have a lot of cool apps and gear that will help your phone be useful while camping, but also make sure you have some time where your phone's just not by your side, because that's part of the yeah. purpose of camping, You know, I too. was actually pretty mm-hmm. proud of our company. I thought I was going to be, like, documenting, like, all the different ways we use technology on the camping trip, but nobody ever had their phone out. We yeah. all, like, put our phones away and actually interacted with each other in nature. I was proud of us as a company. <laughs> I know. I was actually really disappointed, though, because I was homesick. Yeah. And I kept on checking Facebook to see if <laughs> I wanted to see what the pictures what was like what I was missing and there were no, no we pictures do, to we be found. We really well behaved. Yeah. That being said, 
every single one of us brought a speaker. We had like eight speakers. <laughs> so what? Let's go. Let's get into some camping speakers. I didn't bring a speaker. I brought a charger, which saved oh, everyone yeah. else. Because she was the... the only one that brought a charger. Right, I we did. We really were not a prepared company given that <laughs> we're doing a segment on this. What charger did you bring? I brought my Unibat Powerbox 10,000, which uh, because I didn't really use my phone, you know, I didn't need to charge it that much. So I was able to like top up quite a few people, mm-hmm. which was lucky. Nice. And, and what do you like about that particular charger? Um, I like that you can charge tablets and phones and probably even a speaker. So it's 10,000 milliamps? Yes. So 10,000 mi- So to put that in context, uh, milliamp is a measure of, of battery size, and mm-hmm. the iPhone is 1800 milliamps. So 10,000 could charge your iPhone like five times. Right. So that's a yeah, pretty that's big pretty awesome. battery. I feel like, you know, if you're going to be camping, especially if you're bringing a speaker or you're camping with multiple people and people are going to forget... Mm-hmm. You totally. should bring the most milliamps you can. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. find my other. I have many portable battery chargers um, all over my house, and I couldn't find. I probably would have brought more. You can never have too much power. Is my experience when you do a. This was just an overnight trip, but if you're going to camp for more than one night, you need. Oh yeah. You need a lot of battery power. My go-to is uh, the Life Proof. Uh, they have a waterproof battery case. Which is pretty for outdoors. That's awesome. Pretty premium for outdoors because it's both waterproof, drop resistant, and a battery case. So that's that's my favorite. I think it's about eighty bucks. Um, And I I brought that all you need. Yeah, I brought. Well, if you if you're camping for more than one or two days, you need more than that. But yeah, for a day, it it recharges your phone about. I think it's about eighty percent. So it's like fifteen hundred million. Well, what I usually Hmm. do is like if I. I broke my battery case. I'm really sad. Oh. But what I usually do is I'll have my phone in the battery case during the day, and then at night I charge. The, I use my portable battery to charge the case. Yeah, that's a really good system. That's really that's good. I I really like the Mophie Power Station. It's um yeah, Mophie's a good brand. Yeah, it's a um a really like flat. It's really great for like putting in a laptop case. I haven't used it for camping, but um it's it's something that you can easily travel with. Um, but the one I have can can charge your phone up to eight times. So that's oh, wow. pretty great. Yeah. 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 Now, Connor brought with her a solar-powered charger. Did you guys ca- catch the brand on that? I didn't. I'm not a huge fan of solar-powered yeah. chargers. We have things to say about this. Okay. Yeah. What so you have I, to say? I have brought solar-powered chargers with me before on camping trips. And here's the thing. Generally, you're not at your campsite all day. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really want to leave your charger just out on your picnic table where people can see it and maybe take it while it's and it takes because it takes a long time yeah to Uh charge up if i were hiking for instance and i just had it on like the back of my backpack or something that would be useful but i unless you're going to be away from power for like a long time you're kind of like not car camping or something you're actually like walking in Mm -hmm. then i probably would just bring battery packs yeah. Yeah. It seems like one of those things that seems exciting because it's solar power and so that seems cool. But yeah, like when you, even on your backpack, wouldn't you be fiddling with it a lot to make sure that it's like angled into the sun? And I mean, I don't think you have to be that direct. Like hmm. if, as long as you're like outside and it's not cloudy, it's going to be, and it's generally in a good position. I mean, I'm in favor of them definitely. Like if I were to go on a multi-day, you know, hiking trip, I would do it. But if, if I have access to power, you know, campsites have power, your car has power, I would probably just stick with the chargers. Yeah, my problem with it is the same. It's that just, it's generally, the technology isn't quite there yet. It's just, it's, the chargers aren't quite efficient enough. So you'll mm-hmm. sit in the sun all day and get like two hours of charge or something like that. Right. I think it might mm-hmm. be a little more than that. But it's not enough to make it worth it. And it's, it seems to be better to charge it ahead of time. It's a really cool concept. I really want it to get there. I agree. It's not quite there yet. Right. One cool thing that um, that I think would be awesome to try is the PowerPot Five. It's like a yeah. small a small campfire stove um, yeah. or a little pot that will you can plug. It has like a cable that you can plug your phone into, and once you have a fire under it and water is boiling, it will charge your phone as well. It's really cool. So you, neither of you guys have tried it. I keep wanting to try it. Uh, no, I, I we need Shiba to have them send has, us one. Yeah, Shiba yeah. has tried it. He's mm. our our senior you know. gear editor. Yeah, right. so he he tests out. And he makes um, us all look like camping newbies. He's really like always <laughs> doing outdoor things. So he's like really an expert on the I rugged outdoor gear. I to get him in for the next yeah, one. Yeah, he basically says he like works outside. He go he like doesn't like being indoors, and so he 
just, I don't know, I'm imagining him in Arizona, like on a cliffside working. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, Travel speakers. Yeah. This is a good one. Um, Uh, David, I'm sure you have opinions. Well, I'm doing research now for my speaker article. So I have opinions, but they're not yet well-founded because like, I'm just getting sample units of a lot of these right now. And this article is for our Holiday Buyer's Guide. Yes, thank you. Coming out uh, in October. Mm-hmm. So a few portable ones. First of all, Fugu, I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, they're just, uh, they have, all of these are waterproof or water-resistant um, really good sound quality, nice UI, clean-looking speaker. Uh, the other one that got really good reviews, and Donna, you have it actually, and they're sending me a review unit now, so I haven't tried it yet, is uh, UE, Ultimate Ears. Ultimate Ears. What's it called? Boom? The Mega Boom. Meg- oh, you have the Mega well, Boom. Yeah, they have the oh. Boom and they have the Mega Boom. See, I got the the, the normal Boom because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it a little more portable. Yeah, the, the Mega Boom's pretty big, but it's it's – Great. I mean, I haven't had any problems um, carrying it with me. Okay. That one got really good. Both of those got really good reviews in terms of sound quality. Yeah, they it's came loud. Out. It's really loud. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it can really, like, even if you're having, like, an outdoor party where a lot of times suddenly the Bluetooth speaker just sounds like nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... I've, my experience has been that it, it can definitely be, like, one can be enough for a party outside or something like that. Well, if we bring that on the floating trip, we'll have to be careful with the volume. We don't want to get, like, citations for being too loud on the river. <laughs> oh, no. Last time I was there, somebody had rigged up, like, this giant speaker system. So we're, yeah, we'll be okay. Don't even worry speaker, about it. Yeah, can't compare to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a couple others. And, um, and the, the Megaboom oh, yeah, is, um, the latest version is, is waterproof. Yeah, so be careful because Donna was heard me talking about it and said, oh, I don't know. I didn't know mine was waterproof. They came out with a new version recently that is waterproof. So if you yeah, had it for like a few years, 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 then don't necessarily put it in water. Right. Um, a couple other ones. Skosh has a right. product called the Boom Bottle. What's cool about that, they have three sizes. They have a, kind of a really portable mini one, a medium size, and a large one. And the Boom Bottle Plus, I believe it is, which is the larger one, you can sync it to to multiple. So if you have two or three of them, suddenly you have a whole speaker system that you can bring with you. Uh, Also waterproof, also drop resistant, so that's a really good option as well. Uh, Last on my list, and then sorry, I know I'm a speaker geek here. (laughs) This one I have mixed feelings about. It's the Monster, I think it's called the Backfloat. for the price, and I think it's about 150 bucks, the sound quality isn't particularly good. The sound quality on all these other ones are excellent. Um, the sound quality on this one isn't amazing, but it's not just water resistant, it floats. That's important. It, so you can literally, like, I'll take it with me sometimes on the lake, play music from my Apple Watch, and you can just be floating around in a lake playing music, and it's awesome. So it's a cool speaker if you want to be on the water and in the water, but it, if you just want a, a speaker with high sound quality, not necessarily my recommendation. Yeah, that sounds that does sound like a fun novelty to be able to do that, but... But yeah, having good sound quality is important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for a waterproof case for your phone, I think Catalyst is a really good company to go to because they're it's like a very minimalist, thin case. But you know, so it's like attractive but also waterproof and drop you know shock resistant. And all Although that. I recommend reading uh, Shiva Ohm's article that he recently did about um, sort of his troubles and woes, ex- his experiences using waterproof cases and mm-hmm. sort of. The failures of them that he's experienced. And we can yeah, link to that. Yeah, com slash podcasts. We have a blog post. We have blog posts for all of our episodes, and we can include that there. And we hope that these tips have been helpful for you. And, and that- if you have any tips, email us at podcast.iphonelife.com and share them with us because we're going to yeah. go camping and we need them. <laughs> yeah, and also share your your travel plans and adventures with us and let us know how it's gone. Um, so thanks for joining us for the 37th episode of the iPhone Life podcast. And don't forget to sign up for daily tips at iphonelife.com slash daily tips and for iPhone Life Insider at iphonelife.com slash insider. And if you enjoy listening to us, please share with your friends and rate our show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Everyone.